Welcome to Southern Hostility. I'm Steven. And I'm Nicholas. Welcome back. This is episode number two. Happy New Year, Nick. Happy New Year, Steven. How was your New Year? Oh, man. New Year's Eve was great. You know, went to visit a friend. Um, the wife and I went to go visit her best friend. We went out, had a couple drinks, watched the ball drop. It was it was all fantastic until about 5 um, p.m., 4 p.m. Central Time. It just went it all just went downhill for me. And, and why is that? <laughs> Man, that Rose Bowl was tough. Not uh, yeah. going to lie. What's it? <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, I am, you know, it's been a couple days. Um, you know, it's, it's been a couple days that, and, uh, I'm still pretty depressed about it to say the least. I mean, we talked, Mm -hmm. um, last week and last week I said, you don't know what Alabama team you're going to get. You know, they've been Jekyll and Hyde all year. You, you, you know, you play Georgia tough. And then, you know, the week before that though, they played Auburn and they looked like crap. So we got, um, you know, the. Not so great Alabama, especially in the first half. That was just horrible. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm uh, I've been drinking a special brew all week, and uh, it's made of Alabama tears. Really, um, you know how this could have been avoided? How this could have been like not a huge fiasco at the end of the game is if uh, Georgia was playing Michigan. <laughs> I think that would have been a much more entertaining game, but instead Jalen Milrow just falls over uh, on the last play and Alabama loses the game. You just fall over. I mean, you can't call, I mean, it was, at least it was entered. It was entertaining. It was close. You got OT. I mean, it wasn't like they were blown out, but I mean, that first half was rough for Mm -hmm. Alabama. So they scored 10 points in the first half and, I mean, it, I mean, the game started f- fantastic. I mean, on the first play, J.J. McCarthy almost had, threw an interception. I mean, so that, I mean, it, from in the beginning, it looked great for Alabama. And then there was the, then the special teams in Michigan. Then we got, in, we got down there and we scored. It, it, was, it was fantastic. I mean, the start was great. And then the offensive line was just so bad. They lit up so many sacks. It was unbelievable. I believe they had five sacks in the first half alone. I got to say, they, they couldn't stop them. They just kept coming. And then to make matters worse is just Jalen Miro does not have the best pocket awareness. I mean, they come on the blind side. He doesn't see him, and he's immediately down. I mean, he's a yep. mobile guy. You would think maybe he could get out of it, but he couldn't get out of it at all. It was bad sack after bad sack. And then then the center, Seth Mc, uh, McLaughlin. Oh my God, Seth! Every single time he had a low snap, bad snap. It was a fumble. This kid—he's been a problem all year. Seth has been a problem all year, and this—it finally caught up to uh, Alabama. It finally caught up to us. It was just—you're I mean, Alabama. It just you looked have a like he was that. every snap. He like closed his eyes and held the ball a different way, and he was like, "Here, let me do a fun trick with the ball." And then like it was a low snap. It just looked like Jalen Milrow just never got comfortable. Because he didn't know if he was going to get a good snap or not. And he didn't know if he was going to get a clean pocket. I mean, I remember right after that happened, and I texted you the next day about it. Because, you know, I, I let you, like, wallow in your depression. I, I, I know what it's like. Um, And you said it was the center's fault. I got to tell you, there's five people up there. There's five guys that got to protect the quarterback. And just one guy doing terrible yeah that's all right but that whole line 
looked like they were just like Swiss cheese out there. Holes everywhere. And free runners. I mean, definitely. I think the whole line is to blame. I think they lost the game in the trenches. The offensive line, I think, lost the game for them. I'm not I'm not covering for the rest of the line. I just think, you know, Seth McLaughlin was definitely the highlight of the worst of the worst for that line. It was just you know, he was bad. The whole offensive line was bad. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. That line was bad, but all this being considered, all, all that we're saying here, Alabama almost won that game. I mean, they were driving, and Milro fumbles the ball. I was like, so every single time I've been saying this, and if you if you look back at the Georgia game, that run he had that sealed the deal, he fumbled it there, right? But he was able to get it. He fell on it. It was fine. And since that happened, I kept saying, I'm like, you know, he comes close. I mean, he gets hit, but he always he always falls on the ball or gets it. I'm like, I'm worried about fumbles. And then that drive that he fumbled it in the fourth quarter. There was tons of time left, but they were driving. Yeah. And he fumbles the ball. Michigan takes over on like the 50, might have been the 45-yard line, and the, and the Alabama defense bails him out. They get a stop. They don't score. They get the stop, and I'm like, oh, my God. Milrow, so the fumble didn't even matter. It's like all you got to do is get a touchdown. You get a touchdown, you win the game. Alabama wins if you get a touchdown. And then I don't really get the play calling too much. I mean, I think they should have ran the ball a little bit more and then the center and the center and the fumbles and just they can't get anything going. They finally get, they drive, they can't get it, and then they get a field goal. You know, and it's, it's like you got to be kidding me. I mean, it's it's 20 to 13, a touchdown, you know, a touchdown gets Michigan back in it. And I literally, I, I, I said to myself, I said, the Alabama defense has been getting stops all day, but watch. This is going to be the the one drive they let go, and sure enough, Michigan marches down the field with ease. Yep. With ease. And scores a touchdown. Yeah, that, that last drive by Michigan before OT was just real, uh, real great. I mean, it looked like they were like holding those plays back just for that drive by how easy they move the ball downfield. It just, and then like, I mean, and then I knew like too, like the, when we hit OT, I was like, ah, they can't do it. This offense can't score. This, the offense yep. can't do it. Whatever it is today, this, this offense isn't in it. I mean, you just, I mean, when you start so close, I mean, it, it you know, the NFL, um, you know, the NFL is a little bit different the way they do over, over time. I kind of like it a little bit better. I guess you could say that college is more exciting because there's more scores, but, I, I mean, it's just once it started, I'm like, this isn't going to go well because the, yeah. you know, the Alabama defense was, was on their heels for pretty much kind of the first time they're on their heels. It was like, Oh no, you know, they, Michigan gets that quick score. And then once I'm like, we got to score. I'm like, we can't, we can't do it. I said, I don't think they can do it. And then everyone went after Tommy Reese on the play call at the end of the game, the last play, the fourth down, fourth down mm-hmm. and goal to score. And it was Seth again. It was low snap. It, and then the, the issue with Milrow is when it doesn't go, when everything doesn't go perfect, he panics. So it's a low snap. The timing's off. He panics. So he goes, he reverts back to what he knows. He's a runner and he just decides to run right into the defensive line. I'm like, what are you doing? Like it was just, and if he just looked up and just maybe kept with the play, there would have been someone open. I think they score. If, if the snap had been there, they score on that drive. 
Yeah, I think I remember seeing like at least two people open. The running back was out wide, and then I think there was someone in the end zone that was open as well. I just like, and if, even if he decided to run it, it looks like the whole entire like play kind of collapsed in on itself, and he literally ran to the one spot where, where everybody was. Where everybody was. I mean, he runs like left. He's got blockers. He's got his running back. I think he. I think his running back throws a block for him, and then he's in the end zone, and it's a totally different game. But he, yeah, you're right. He absolutely panicked right there. Uh, you know, I, I, like I said, though, I mean, like I said, I'm, you know, complaining a lot about Alabama's play, but credit to Michigan. Um, you know, they had a, you know, they played well. Their defense played well. They showed up. At the end of the day, JJ McCarthy was better uh, than Jalen Milrow, uh, you know, on this particular day. And it is what it is. And, you know, Alabama goes home and a lot of people are happy. I think most of the country's happy. Um, yeah, you know. I mean, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> you <laughs> so, want to know why? Because Alabama lost, and then the Bulldogs won sixty three to three against FSU, and and I think we were saying this last week where, you know, FSU complained a whole lot about not making the college football playoff, being undefeated. Well, I don't, I'm not hearing anything from them anymore. Are you? Yeah, they're pretty quiet. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think they had a couple people not playing. They have a they had a couple non-starters. Uh, I think they had like, I heard a rumor that I heard a number that was like twenty non-starters. I don't know if that's fully accurate. That that was coming out around the game as they were getting killed. I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day, I want the SEC to succeed. I know you hate Alabama so much you want them to lose, but I mean, I, I, when it's in the bowls and the you know playoff and it's not Alabama, I want to see the conference succeed. So I was really happy with Georgia's performance because I just I was so sick of hearing about Florida State. I mean, if Florida State this, they just cried for weeks. And I know, they were like, Georgia... oh, we're just as good as anyone in the SEC, Big Ten. Like, we're, we could compete with Michigan. Give me a break. Seriously. I mean, like, you guys put the equivalent of, like, a practice squad out there. And yeah. you got blown out. So, I mean, like, and, and this is the time to show out. Like, you go, you get to a bowl game, like, this is... These are the games that you want to show out for if you want to make your case. I, I think, uh, you know, um, I think there should have been a mercy limit on that Orange Bowl. I, I really do. It just it just was an absolute slaughter. And it makes it goes back to what we said last week of if you want to crown a real national champion, just have Alabama and Georgia play a best of seven. Because, yeah. it, I mean, as bad as Alabama's offensive line play, like back with the whole Michigan thing, they still had a chance to go win that game. And they were still... On paper, they're still a better team. On paper. I mean, they didn't play it because it wasn't the best team out there. But seriously, the way these two teams are recruiting, Alabama and Georgia, is just, they are miles ahead of everyone else. And the SEC conference is almost miles ahead. I mean, I, I really think it, it's going to come a time where the SEC looks at the NCAA and says, we're leaving. You know, we're going to secede. We're going to go do our own thing. Honestly, because... You know, if the if the SEC get got talking with a couple other programs, right? Which Michigan obviously can compete. They just beat Alabama. Ohio State can compete. They're doing great with recruiting. Um, you get the USC's of the world. You know, if you get these, you know, football blue bloods in the SEC and you form one power conference, you know, if the Big Ten, SEC, and the SEC get together and then they poached some of the better programs from the ACC and the in the Big Twelve, honestly, you could just go create your own league. 
Right. I mean, you could just completely leave. I mean, because you got a lot of other schools. I mean, with basketball, it's a little different. Sometimes, you know, these smaller schools are really good in basketball. Like Gonzaga's great at basketball, but they don't have anything else. I mean, with basketball, but it's with football, though, we're talking. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, you really have a, you know, maybe there's like 20 teams that can really compete. And then probably out of that 20 teams, you know, you probably have, you know, maybe four or five of them that can really win a national championship on any given year. I mean, it depends on, it's really followed us, you know, it's really easy to follow who's going to be good to by just looking at the recruiting classes. So in Alabama and Georgia have been the top one and two, you know, the last. Yeah, well, that and also all the transfers. Well, like, you know, all... you know who announced his transfer this week is uh, my boy, Seth McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. Center's gone. He entered the transfer portal. So he's done. Yeah. And he, then Alabama... with his head like between <laughs> his legs. I mean, come on. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it'd be hard for him to go back. Um, yeah. I you think know, he Alabama got, did probably have got like torn apart on campus. You know, I mean, I think Alabama did have, I think I saw nine people go after the, which you're going to get. I mean, these bigger programs, you get that. Um, that happens. Uh, I'm interested to see with this, speaking of the transfers and the recruiting classes, my first thing, and this is where my head goes, um, right after the Rose Bowl, as I start looking for next year, right? And if you look at Alabama's recruiting next year, they got a they got a five-star quarterback coming in from California, right? They got a four-star running back coming in. Um, they're number two behind you guys. The recruiting class looks good. It looks real good. Uh, I'm really excited for this recruiting class. Um, the quarterback that we're getting out of California, he, Looks like he can. He looks like he's a good pocket passer. Um, some think some people say he's the best quarterback in the country. Other people have said the guy that went to Nebraska over Georgia is the best. I mean, it goes back and forth. Um, his name is uh, Julian Salin. Sayin, as I think how you pronounce it. He's from Carlsbad, California. Um, 6'1", 195 pounds. So he's been on the smaller side, but Bryce Young was small too. So. Um, and you look at the rest of this recruiting class, they got, let's see, one, two, I think they have three or four, five stars. Um, they got a great wide receiver coming in that I'm super excited for. We needed that. Um, you know, I'm excited for this class. I really am. Um, you know, we got a lot of guys on defense leaving, which our defense was our strong suit this year. And just so everyone knows, uh, Saban did going up uh did come out and say he's not retiring he will be back next year i know that was a big thing a lot of people said if they won it um he was he was going to retire but saban will be back and the crimson tide will be back to everyone's dismay um but if you want to talk about um georgia they had an amazing recruiting class as well um they're the number one they got a lot of defensive guys um they got ellis robinson the fourth, it looks like he's a five star coming in. Um, he's out of Florida. He's number two in the state, number one for the position, three national. You got a linebacker coming in. Uh, you got a safety coming in, another linebacker, another defensive line, another defensive line. You got a wide receiver coming in. Could help Carson Beck. Yeah, um, because look- um Yeah, uh Brock went to commit to the draft. What'd you say? So the um the wide receiver for Georgia. Oh, um the tight end? Yeah, the tight end. He did commit to the draft? 
Yeah, I saw yeah. that he uh, he committed to Brock Bowers. He committed Brock to the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, he was gonna go. I mean, he's he's an early first round pick. I mean, yeah, I mean, gotta... I think he's I think he's a better tight end than Kyle Pitts is, honestly. And I think any team's gonna be lucky to have him. He's just a monster, an absolute monster. I mean, you're you're gonna miss Bowers, and I'm gonna miss Dallas Turner. You know, Dallas Turner's going pro as well. He was a beast on defense. So we're, I mean, you and I every year we lose people. They go to the transfer portal. Or they go to the pros, we lose them, and then somehow both Saban and Kirby Smart come back the next year. Yep. And when everyone thinks you're rebuilding, they go win a national title. It's just it's just how it goes. It's just how the two programs operate. And you know, we'll see next year. We we'll see what happens. I think Tennessee's going to be better. Um, I think I think Old Miss is going to be better. We're definitely going to have some better teams in college football next year. Um, but let's finish talking about the college football playoff. Um. Uh, so just to conclude with Alabama's performance, I did think it was um, ironic that um, Jalen Milrow did announce his clothing brand, or he came out, he, he was talking about it on college game day, let all the naysayers know, and then he went off and had a t- pretty much terrible performance. A lot of I mean, sacks. I, feel like I could um, throw for 100 yards. A <laughs> lot of sacks, only, uh, yeah, not many, not many passing yards whatsoever. And it looked like he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn door. Um, his accuracy was atrocious. Um, and again, I'm you know I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying that. Um, I just think he has a lot to work on in the off season. And yeah. with that five star kid coming in, it's going to push him. You're going to have a great quarterback competition. It's hard to say that Milrow isn't the Heisman front runner at this point in time. I mean, I think a lot of people are putting that on him. So we'll see what he does next year. If he turns the, you know, turns the corner and does well, well, congratulations. So, you know, yeah, I think at the same time we're going to see how Carson Beck is without Brock Bowers. Yeah, that was pretty much his safety net for the whole entire season. I, I gotta say, I, I, I didn't think he looked that great for you guys. I, I don't, but you know, we'll see. I mean, like I said, we'll see what the supporting cast is around them. We'll see how they make the leap. You know, a lot of these guys, like, they're young kids. All these guys are young kids, too. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's like, it's all always different from year to year. I mean, like, last year, Caleb Williams looked like, you know, an Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence-like prospect. And now this year, you know, he still looks good. But, I mean, he kind of, USC fell apart. So, suddenly, his name's a little tarnished. So, I mean, these guys, they go in waves. So, I mean, they're so young, you know, they got to get their confidence up there. So, you know, honestly, we'll see what happens with these guys next year. They'll see if they'll make the jump. I think the SEC is going to be okay. SEC will be back as much as it hurts. It hurt. I think, I don't know what hurts more. I mean, Alabama's won a lot, so it's hard to be really that depressed. But what does hurt is there won't, will not be an SEC champion this year. And, I mean, I always like to, to say the SEC is the best, and this year we're not. Um, I thought Texas, after Alabama lost, I thought Texas was kind of our last hope. I get that they're still the Big 12, but they're joining the SEC next year. I said on this podcast last week, I wanted uh, the Texas Longhorns versus the Alabama Crimson Tide. I love my teams in the state of Texas outside a couple teams in Houston and a team in San Antonio. I mean, for the most part, I love my teams from Texas. I wanted to see them do well, um, you know, and I don't know. I, it, it, you know, it, they didn't, I mean, they didn't look terrible. They didn't look fantastic. I don't know if, if Ewers is the Ewers is the guy. I don't know. Um, you know, and I kind of want to see Arch Manning. I want to see what Arch Manning can do. I do, and I'm I'm hoping, 
you know, I don't know what's going to happen with them at quarterback. I would love to see Arch Manning play next year. I mean, as for Washington, we know Penix was real good. He's going to the draft. He's, I don't think, I think he's out of eligibility. Um, so the Washington Huskies, you know, this is all they got. So we'll see what happens to them next year. And I mean, I mean, the next game, we'll see how them in Michigan, you know, square off. But for the Longhorns, it's, I don't, I think it's all but up from here. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, if, Archie goes somewhere else and decides to transfer out because uh, yours went decided to stay and not declare for the draft. Then that's that's going to be tough for them, I think, because I think Quinn Ewers has maybe one more year and then he declares for the draft. So it's really up to Archie to see if he wants to sit behind him for another year or if they're going to let them compete for the job. Like what? <laughs> It's a big question mark for sure. Well, like Arch only really came in in the Texas Tech game. Um, and with Quinn Ewers coming back next year, I mean, I think technically this year would count as a red shirt for him, I think. So, I mean, I think he'd still have four years of eligibility. And, you know, if he sits back one more year, I, I think he's got some really smart people behind him. You know, Peyton, Eli, um, uh, the, their their dad, the original Arch, um, <laughs> you know, OG, yeah, the OG Arch. I mean, they got three really smart guys behind him that I think are going to tell him to stay at Texas. I think he'd be dumb to leave Texas. And I, I want to quickly go over what I think Texas is going to become. That school has an endowment that is massive. That school has boosters that are loaded. They are located in a city that is absolutely fantastic to live in when you're younger. The bar and nightlife scene is fantastic. The campus is nice, and they got a loyal fan base. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna fit right into the SEC. I think they're gonna continue to get some top recruits. I think a lot of people in Texas will stay in Texas now, and I think that program is gonna take off. And I think if if Arch waits one more year, you get another year behind. Quinnewers, if Quinnewers goes down, which he's had injuries, back to back years he's had injuries. He gets hurt, he comes in, job could be his. If I'm Arch, I stay one more year. They got a great coach. I love Steve Sarkeesian. I love him. I loved him when he was the OC at Alabama. I don't think we've had a good one since him. Um, I think I think the Texas Longhorns are going to be. They'll, I think they'll be back next year. I don't know. I think they'll probably make the playoff because it's expanding. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how I don't they see adjust. I'm not making the playoff. I'd be surprised. I mean, we'll. I mean, I think it's the SEC is going to be interesting next year because, I mean, Ole Miss looked good. Um, you know, they won in your backyard. They look real good. Um, they really took the took uh, Penn State to the cleaners. Um, <laughs> but I think you get some good coaches here. I think I think Lane Kiffin, great. I think he's a great coach. He can recruit. Um, I still think he's going to be the replacement to Saban when he retires. I still, I, for some reason, I think Lane Kiffin's going to be the guy. Um, but as of right now, Saban's still at Alabama and Lane Kiffin's still at Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss will be good. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to be decent again. That five-star quarterback looked good in their bowl game. So I think Tennessee is going to be good. Georgia, of course, is going to be good. Alabama is going to be good. Auburn's getting some recruiting classes, but they're probably a couple years away. And we'll see what Oklahoma and Texas do. I think Texas is better than Oklahoma. Um, so I could see Oklahoma struggling a bit and I, you know, so it's, I wonder, I mean, I wonder how many teams we got making it. I mean, Missouri was good this year. So Missouri won the cotton bowl. They took it, yep. uh, 
Ohio State. That was funny. That was real funny. Um, so I don't know. I think seriously, this is why I, I said earlier: SEC secede. Take a couple of the bigger programs with you. Go do your own thing. You know, just just leave. <laughs> just yeah. imagine you take you take the SEC. You take USC. I guess you could take Oregon and Washington. So you got some West Coast presence. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State. You got to take Penn State with them. Um, good program. I think the just... problem is, is that all of college sports pretty much operate under the NCAA. So for them to just go and do their own thing and not be a part of that would be massive. I think, I think a good comparison to this is what... Um, it's a different different country, different sport, but what the Premier League did in the in the nineties, how they just left. So originally in the Premier League, they just they literally left the football association and went and created their own thing. They left the governing body. It was it was a crazy thing to do, but it worked for them. And it turned the Premier League into the NFL of Europe. Um I just wonder if you could get if you could get the SEC commissioner and you could get the Big Ten commissioner in a room. You take the two of them. You literally merge them. So you secede, you merge the Big Ten and the SEC, and then you start poaching some teams from the ACC and the, the Big 12. I think you'd, you'd obviously take Clemson. Um, if you care about basketball at all, you'd probably take Duke and UNC with you. You're going to want Miami. Florida State complained a lot, but they'd probably be taken as well. Um, you know, and then you look at the Big 12. Um, you probably get Oklahoma State probably comes. Um, trying to think of the rest of that conference. <laughs> you know, I, I think you get Colorado that's going to be joining them, Utah. So maybe you take some of them. And maybe you run with, like, I'm trying to think how many teams you run with. Maybe you run with, like, 50 teams. Do a 50-team league, right? And then the top, you know, top 12 make a playoff and you kind of change stuff and – do like divisions? I don't know. I mean, the way you're paying people and what's going on with the you're going to see big changes because the next time you do have a conference realignment, like we're realigning this coming year. So I think in July, I think it starts. We'll have the conference realignment. But I think the next realignment is going to be a massive overhaul of the NCAA because you got teams like SMU that are paying their players a base salary. And I saw, um, I think it's Charlie Baker now who's the head of the NCAA, I believe. I think it's Charlie Baker. I think he was calling for teams to have a base salary anyway with a new format in the NCAA. So I I, I don't know. I think if these guys were thinking about TV deals and making money, you know, if you literally formed your own thing, you could probably compete with the NFL because the SEC and the Big Ten already have fan bases. Like I the think NFL. college football is already bigger than the NFL. At least is. down south. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so, you know, when you're in Alabama, they're not watching the NFL, you know? I mean, yeah. you know, when I talk to people, when you go to games, they're just like, yeah, I haven't watched the NFL in years. It's just not as big. Um, so, you know, that's my two cents. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, you know, I heard there was Florida State was trying to talk with like a private equity company to try to buy them out of the ACC. You know, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope you don't have these big business coming in and just buying athletic programs. Because if you start doing that, then you're literally going, and I think you're losing a little bit. Um, yeah, and now you're just becoming. That seems a little too much to me. Like, <clears throat> too too capitalism. It's like let's let's make it so that 
you know, like everyone has a fair shot as opposed to like all these big companies that are coming in and buying programs. And then at that point, what's the difference really? I mean, now you just have two competing football conferences, basically. Hmm. Um, I got, I got to ask you with going back to the playoff, um, with what we got right now with next year, they're going to 12 teams. Um, I think it was Kurt Curb, uh, Kurt Herbstreit literally said, um, I think he posted on Twitter that he thinks the national championship game every year should be the Rose bowl. I have to say watching that game, you know, every growing up, I watched it every year with my dad. It starts at a perfect time. Whether you're on, you know, it literally anywhere you are, it's like the perfect time to start. And the way that game ends, the way with the sun setting on the mountains there, that yeah, stadium so in nice. general, the mm-hmm. weather's usually beautiful all the time. Man, there's nothing like the Rose Bowl. I feel like what they should do with this playoff is every single year, somehow you redo the schedule, you start a little bit earlier or something, so you just make the national championship game the Rose Bowl every year. I know... You're going to get people that are going to say, well, they don't have the luxury boxes. You're not getting corporate seats. Give me a I don't know. With this new playoff format, I'm going to miss the Rose Bowl, man. I'm going to miss every January 1st or January 2nd if it's if it falls on a Sunday. I'm going to miss it because, wow, it's just a special yeah, I think venue, the Rose man. Bowl is iconic, you know? I mean, you, like, looking back, it's always been the Rose Bowl. Like, it's- hosting the best games. And, you know what, I... I I got to say, I don't care, like, even in the slightest of the 1% of people who are like, oh, well, you don't have the corporate seats. Like, I can't spend $100,000 on tickets so I can get it catered and blah, blah. Give me a break. You know what? Just stay at home and watch the game and get it catered or something like that. Like, I don't. That doesn't matter to me. Like, it's all it for college football. It should be about the students and and the fans of the college people who like went to the school there and were like yeah i'm watching the rose bowl i'm i'm at the stadium and like you know i went to school here and i'm proud to represent the team you know you, you know what you, you know what they could do if you wanted to do you could with the, with the way they do the playoff or if you get you know dismantled let's say the ncaa change whatever you say you, whatever you do with college football in the future what you could do is you could take stadiums like so like if you want to keep the original you want to keep the original New Year's six or whatever, right? <clears throat> you can do like for example, the Rose Bowl every year is a national championship. And then other historic games would be sugar, cotton, orange. Those games which have had significance in the past. Um, as SEC fans, we know the Sugar Bowl was a big one. Uh Orange Bowl had some good games, cotton. Over the years, but what you could do is, is every single year those could be, you know, you could do. I think after the Rose Bowl, if I was rating them, you have the Orange and Sugar, probably. So those could be semifinals, and then the quarterfinals could be Cotton, Fiesta, Peach, and then maybe you take some of the older ones. Like I think there's the Liberty Bowl is pretty old, and the and the Sun Bowl are pretty old. Um, so if you want to keep some historic ones, I mean, what you could do is is. Um, you could put money into the stadiums and every single year they host. I mean, the problem with some of these other bowl games is you don't have the markets that are big enough. I think the Sun Bowl is in El Paso and Liberty Bowl is in Memphis. That's kind of a problem. So, you you know, but with this new playoff, you're going to lose the, these classic bowl games. And getting into some other bowl games, 
Um, I had a chance to go to um, a bowl game in Boston. I went to the Fenway Bowl. Um, Which was honestly the best bowl out of all of them. It was a miserable experience. <laughs> I want to tell you how miserable it was. I'm pretty sure I caught the flu there. I'm I'm still sick, if you can hear it in my voice. Um, it was a miserable experience. Um, I saw I don't... your Snapchats and like sitting in Fenway Park while it's raining just looked miserable. It did oh, not look like a fun time. It was like... So all the listeners know who didn't watch this game because, I mean, who would watch a bowl game on a work week at... Um, 11 in the morning? Yeah, at 10 a.m. Central. Yeah, so 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. Who's watching it, right? Middle of a work week on a Thursday. I get it's the weekend between Christmas and New Year's. No one's watching it on TV. And the only people in this stadium were drunk college students. Um, I think everyone was probably, I think most of them were probably between the ages of 18 and, and 20, maybe 18 and 21. None of them went to Boston College, the people at this game. Um, uh, I saw sweatshirts from all other schools around New England. Um, I don't think anyone went to Boston College, and they were all rooting for Boston College. They outnumbered the SMU fans 50 to 1. So, like, I like how I go to every single game in Boston every time. You always, I always root for the opposing team because I usually go to when they play the Dallas-based team. So, I'm never at home when I go to any game in Boston. Um, but seriously, it was I was we were outnumbered. It was forty something degrees. It was raining. It rained the whole game and didn't let up. It just poured. Um, and then it just was not. It was not good football. I mean, the first quarter. Uh, SMU was a 10-point favorite, which for some reason, sports betting is legal in Massachusetts, but you can't bet on their local college teams. So because Boston College was playing in it, you couldn't bet on the game. So that was really weird because I went to go bet on SMU, which I guess, thank God, it's, it's you can't do that here because I would have lost money. SMU was 10-point favorites. Um, They lost 23-14. to 14. Um, In the first quarter... um. SMU was driving, had a turnover. Boston College got it, went down, kicked a field goal. Then in the second quarter, um, SMU, SMU scored 14 points. Boston College had seven, so they went into half up 14 to 10. Third quarter, there was no scoring at all. And then in, uh, in the fourth quarter, Boston College just dominated. They scored 13 unanswered points. They won 23-14. Um, I learned that I don't watch Boston College at all, and I learned their their quarterback Thomas Castellanos. I guess he can't throw the ball. Um, I guess you and I are like. I mean, he threw for 102 yards and an interception, and his only touchdown is actually. It looks like he scored two running touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, we're lucky as you know SEC fans that we get some good quarterback. Like this kid could not throw the ball. The stat line doesn't do it justice. I mean, he. I guess it comes pretty close, but I mean, he was bad. I mean, all he could do was run, which I mean, it's like having another running back out there. I mean, you know, he was really bad. Um, you know, it's it is what it is. I mean, it just, it just, it just wasn't fun. Let's just say, um, Jennings it was, started. It was so not fun that when you search this game on Google and you bring up like all of the other bowl games. It'll say like, oh, the Orange Bowl, the Peach Bowl. This just says bowl. Bowl, <laughs> SMU versus Boston College. <laughs> I mean, it just, 
you know, in SMU, I mean, it was just, I was disappointed with SMU's play. Because, I mean, on the last podcast, I hyped them up. And I got to eat crow. I mean, they did not look very good. And I think, I think I don't think we can invite them to the Blueberry Bowl anymore, honestly. No, no, they're still in the Blueberry Bowl. They're still my Blueberry Bowl pick. It's just they didn't, you know, they struggled. You know, I'm going to blame the, the the rain in Fenway Park. They're just not used to it. You know, I'm just, I'm going to use that as my excuse. But, um, you know, I think, you know, if we had our, if SMU had their starting quarterback and it wasn't Kevin Jennings, you know, I think it could be a different game. I mean, SMU had a bunch of injuries, and I think the difference is is SMU being in the American this year is they do not have the depth, right? They're a good team if everyone's healthy, but they don't have the depth that a depth that a team in the ACC would have. And I think I w- I'm very curious to see how they adjust next year as their first year in the ACC without that depth. How far are they going to go? Are they going to be any good? Um, are they going to struggle? And from what I saw at Fenway, was it looks like they were good in the first half, and then when injuries started piling up, they didn't have the depth and they couldn't hang in there. And this team with two losses couldn't beat a six and six team in the ACC. So next year could be a struggle for them. They'll, I think they'll, they got the money, resources, and recruiting power to, you know, to get back there. But you know, tough one for them to swallow. Um, as for Fenway Park hosting a football game, it's the viewing lines in Fenway Park, great for baseball. Um, but for a football game, I pretty much sat in front of a pole. Um, it like the, the it was awful. I mean, you, when they threw the ball or they ran, you'd lose them in the pole. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that show, Hey Arnold, as a kid. But in one of these like these cartoon as a kid, like they went to a baseball game and they sat in front of a pole and couldn't see anything. I literally felt like Hey Arnold. Um, I literally sat there. The pole was there, um, and then we were like underneath this overhang. And it was raining, so like we didn't like venture out to the other seats because it was pouring. Right. Um, had it been a nicer day, we probably would have moved and got away from the pole, but we sat there. And then the icing on the cake for this bowl game, though, is there was some guy sitting behind me. So I went, I went with a buddy from high school. There's this guy sitting behind us, and he was he was talking to the guy next to him, and he got talking about some conspiracy theories. No. And, he, and he made it so uncomfortable i'm not even kidding man he was like he's talking about how every man should be wearing a kevlar vest oh, um he Lord. started calling all men in america these days beta males or something oh, i was like my what God. i was like what is this guy talking about and then he goes the apocalypse is coming and i'm prepping and <laughs> it, i felt so uncomfortable i looked at my buddy i'm like what is this guy talking about and then like so like someone like in our row would get a beer and he'd just start criticizing the beer. And it was it it was so weird. It was like That's it, what you get for going to a football game at eleven in the morning. <laughs> it was like it was like this guy hadn't gotten out of his like computer in like ten years. And it was like really funny. Chronically online is what we call it. And then like and then the best was it was like the guy sitting next to him, like the guy sitting next to him was a nice 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 guy overall. And he was like, he was trying to be like kind of friendly because I think he was scaring him too. So he was trying to like talk to him and it was just like making it more and more uncomfortable because this guy, this guy's comments. So um, they said, so he goes, so uh, what made you come to this game? Did you go to BC or did you go to um, SMU? And he goes, no, I just wanted to go to a bowl game. Um, he goes, but my daughter goes to uh, Boston College. He goes, oh, that's great. Is she here at the game? He's like, no. 
And uh, he's like, is she into football? And he goes, I don't know. I haven't talked to her in like, in like 15 years. And oh, I was like, I wonder why and I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Then um, <laughs> too busy prepping for the apocalypse. I was like, okay. And just, man, it was just, should have asked him what, what he would have done if the apocalypse just started then would he have been prepared? Well, he had his Kevlar vest. Um, he, was wear- he was wearing a Kevlar vest there. Well, he said he had his vest ready. He said he had his Uh-oh. Kevlar vest ready. He was talking about Kevlar vests, how we all should all get them, and he had his vest ready. So I don't know if he was wearing it. I mean, I couldn't tell. I mean, it. He was he wearing had a like a really in the Fenway bathroom, <laughs> wherever he's like running and going to get the beer. Didn't um speaking of beer, um didn't the Pinstripe Bowl run out of beer? Is that what I heard? That in uh, Yankee Stadium. Um, who played there? God, I have to look it up. I'm pretty sure this is the first time that Yankee Stadium in the modern era has run out of beer. Really? The pinstripe bowl was Rutgers versus Miami. Rutgers beat Miami 31-24. Yep. Stadium runs out of beer during bowl game. God, can you imagine running out of beer? I, I, I have to say, after going to the Fenway Bowl, I have no desire to ever go to the pinstripe bowl that's at Yankee Stadium. It's gonna be just as bad. Like Well, and that's that's the thing, is like you you go to these games and you're like, oh, it's cool because it's like at a baseball stadium. Like the the sight lines are absolutely god awful. Like, and I think that's the same thing for the winter classic too, right? I mean, did you did you just did you watch the winter classic? I did watch the Winter Classic. That was another thing that was unfortunate. Um, I did watch it, and I got to say ratings. I, I did see today that ratings were, like, way down. Um, I mean, Seattle scored one goal in each period. They won 3 nothing over Vegas, which it, Vegas is a cup contender, so they just didn't show up to the game. I thought what was really funny was when Sir Mix-a-Lot performed during the introductions. Uh, I got a <laughs> laugh out of that. Um, I the intros were kind of funny. Um, I know the Vegas Golden Knights wore Elvis Presley costumes when they walked in. I know when the Kraken came in, they threw fish like at Pike's, like what they do at Pike Street Market. Yep, Pike is a Pike. Um, yeah, Pike whatever they do at that market there in Seattle. Um, but the thing about the Winter Classic is it only I think it only draws or it's only fantastic if you get good fan bases, and I think it's a very regional thing. Because yeah. I, I try to watch it every year, and then I watch like the first half, and then it conflicts with the Rose Bowl, and I'm watching the Rose Bowl every year. Um, so I mean, I always start watching it, and then I don't see the ends of all of them. But I think the Winter Classic has great appeal if it's in your city. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think my my favorite Winter Classic of all time was the 2020 Winter Classic, the one that was at the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um. Dallas Dallas went down to Nashville. Uh, they, I mean, they they were down against Nashville 0-2, and then they came back to win 4-2. That was a great game. Um, that was probably my favorite out of all of them. I thought that the venue was really cool. I mean, there's been some cool venues. I think um, the Red Wings played the Leafs one year at the Big House in Michigan. Um, there was uh, – I'm trying to think of some other ones. I, Fenway Park, I think, has hosted two of them. Yeah. Um I mean there's been some great venues. I think Wrigley had one. Um but I think 
the whole appeal is entirely that market, right? I just, you know, it it means nothing. I mean, what they should do to it though is like put make it mean something. You know, like it, it's at the end of the day, it's just another win. I mean, it's cool. It's out. It's like I said, it's great for that team's fans, that home team's fans, and the away team to go travel. You know, and it's it's some of the venues are really cool, but it's like with the sight lines. It, uh, looking at this one, the sightlines just looked awful. Like, I mean, it's going there yeah. to T-Mobile Park. It's just like, what are you seeing from there? I mean, I'd rather watch it on TV. I mean, they make the field look kind of cool, but a rink is tiny, you know, compared to these stadiums that are huge. So you can hardly see. They look like little ants out there. And then... Yeah, you got to be watching the Jumbotron the whole entire time. And then... And a lot of times the it's only, cold. The only thing that really appeals to me about it is that it's almost like a street hockey game, right? Where where it's outside, like you got to deal with the elements. Like I think some of them it's been snowing for, or like it it rained a little bit before, so the ice was like a bit slick, and then and then like you got to deal with the elements, so the ice isn't like as controlled as it is inside. So that adds like a whole cool thing to it, and it's always better when it's competitive. I mean, it just seemed like the Seattle goalie just had the Golden Knights number. Like, uh, the saves that he was making was, like, ridiculous to me. Um, but when you have a competitive game, that is going to increase the viewership. In addition to that, like, Seattle and Vegas are two very new teams on top of that. Like, very... Vegas Vegas has been in the league for, what, five, six years now? Seattle's, like, on their third third year? Yeah, third year. Well, that's the I thing. Mean, I mean, their fan bases yeah. are entirely regional because, right. I mean, Seattle hasn't developed the national fan base yet. And Vegas is getting there. I mean, you're getting a lot of people that just like the Vegas idea because it's Vegas. Right. So, I mean, but like, like you said, though, it doesn't have the national appeal. Right. It's different where it's like, oh, you got like when the Bruins were playing in Fenway, they were playing the Penguins. Like, that's a classic game because you got two old franchises going at it and that you have a lot of people that are wanting to watch if you got a competitive game or you got a good story going on like the dallas nashville game where you know nashville like went up early and they're a good team at the time and i think they were going for a cup run then as well and then dallas came back and and won it in dramatic fashion i mean like the those are the games that you want to watch not like a 3-0 game like At that point, for me, it was just something to have on the background while I was, like, just waiting for the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was. I mean, I was running around trying to get stuff done, you know, know, in my house trying to get ready for the work week because I was working the next day. And, like, I had it on the background as, like, meal prepping. So I heard it. You come back and forth. You try to watch. But it just definitely doesn't have the draw. It's in It It really is. I think... Like, going back to some other great matchups, I think the Bruins played, I think, the Blackhawks at Notre Dame. That was kind of a cool matchup, too. You know, you get a historic stadium, two historic teams, kind of a neutral side. I know it's close to Chicago, I think. But, um, you know, it's just when the venue's really cool combined to, like, who's playing makes it more fun. That's why I thought, like, the Cotton Bowl one was cool. I mean, the Cotton Bowl's, you know, super historic. Um, And I think, you know, I also think it's – I think the games, too, if you're a fan, would be better in a football stadium than opposed to a baseball stadium. Yeah. The, the sight lines and baseball stadiums are terrible if it's not baseball. It's just you've got stuff cut out. You got, Like I said, at Fenway, you got a pole. Um, 
At least yeah. like in a football stadium, it's the same kind of shape as mm. like a basketball stadium is or an arena. You know, um, <clears throat> you know, another reason why I would love, you know, the Cotton Bowl to have another winter classic is the last time, you know, Dallas held had the winter classic was also the best Dallas Stars team I've ever seen. The 2019-2020 Dallas Stars team, Western Conference champions, fantastic team that year. Um Tyler Sagan was a beast. Radulov was a beast. Um, yeah, that that was a great year. Joe Pavelski had a good one. All the way to the cup run, Corey Perry was electric in that playoffs. So let's bring it back. Let's bring the Winter Classic back to the Cotton Bowl, back to Dallas. Um, and let's let's do it. And in football stadiums, I mean, and then you can actually control the 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 ice as well. I mean, you could probably just put like a temperature control unit in there. I mean, especially if it's inside, I don't see why not. Just oh my god! The... Imagine it! Imagine it in Jerry World. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine a Winter Classic at Jerry World. That would be another one. That'd be that'd be quite epic. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who you'd play to. You could have, you could do it like an NFC. Um, make it an NFC East match. So have Dallas play. Um, Dallas play Philly, or. Um, or the Rangers. Yeah, Dallas play the Rangers. I mean, looking at the NHL standings right now, we want to briefly talk about the NHL around the Winter Classic. Is I got to say right now, the Dallas Stars, I'm watching the game in the background as we talk. Dallas Stars are up on Colorado right now, and I am really enjoying this because it's getting me really excited. Right now, Dallas is up 3-1 to one on Colorado, and it's, it's getting me excited because this could be a possible playoff series here. This is – this could be – the series, the these two teams when they play each other in the playoffs could decide who wins the Stanley Cup this year. Um, I'm loving this right now, and Dallas is as the the shots. They got the goals. Um, three minutes and thirty seconds left in the second period. Let's let's finish this out. Let's finish this out. Let's beat Colorado. Come on, let's go Stars. Um, as for the rest of the league, um, in the Central, the Avalanche are currently in first place. Um, you got the stars sitting there at third in the Pacific. The Canucks are still killing it. They are on a tear this year. I don't know how legit they are in the playoff. How legit they would be in the playoffs. I think a team like the Kings could be more sneaky. Good. The Oilers came back. I got a soft spot for the Edmonton Oilers. You know, Alberta is the Texas of Canada, you know, so I'm deficient. You know, I have declared the Edmonton Oilers, the Dallas Oilers. Um, you know, I, I consider them a Dallas based sports team. Just because Alberta technically is the um, Texas of Canada, uh, but fuck, but fuck the Cal- Calgary Flames. They can go fuck yeah. themselves. Absolutely fuck them. They left Atlanta. They left your city high and dry. They can screw go them. Yup. Um, the Jets can go fuck themselves too. <laughs> left if, Atlanta. If, they if left. If you don't and dry. recognize Atlanta for the wonderful city that it is, and you want to play in Winnipeg or Calgary. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. There's more culture in Atlanta than both of those places combined. I I, I think <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, that's <laughs> a good one. I mean, you know, I gotta say, I mean, especially with NHL now having the TNT deal, which is based in Atlanta, and I keep seeing rumors that the NHL wants to go back to Atlanta. You gotta think that having both teams fail in Atlanta is just bad for the league because oh yeah the of, no. i mean Atlanta the thing about it, 
I like to I like to give you crap about Atlanta and Georgia and the state of Georgia. I like to give you crap, but it's it's the it's it's the foothold in the south. I mean, it's the it's it's like the biggest southern city. So I mean, how are you going to grow the game if you're not in the southeastern portion of the United States? I know they have the natural predators. I know the south has the natural predators. But that's in Tennessee. I mean, you you have nothing from so Tampa, so Tampa, Tampa Bay is in Tampa. So uh, is in Tampa. So you have nothing from Tampa to Nashville, and yep. then after Nashville, you got nothing all the way, pretty much until Dallas. Mm-hmm. So Dallas, I mean, I guess you want to you know consider St. Louis the South. I I wouldn't, but more the Midwest. I mean, you really don't have anything in that whole region. So like, if you want to grow the game, you need something down there. I mean, there's nothing in North Carolina, nothing in the Carolinas, North, South. Uh, I have an idea. Why don't we just take the Coyotes and move them to Atlanta? I mean, to be honest, though, I mean, I know I the other option. Not. I mean, a lot of people have been saying Houston, too, could be another option. But they're already in the Central, and you could easily, if you put the Coyotes in Atlanta, you already got the media there because you have TNT. And then they're not, they'd have a, they'd have a rivalry with the Predators. Yeah. That'd be close, close enough. You know, you and I could have a nice little, you know, Dallas Atlanta rivalry in division. Then you'd be going against the Jets, your former team there. So you could build that as a rivalry, just mm-hmm. like you know the Wild kind of have with um the Stars. So you kind of have that little, you know, former team versus newer team kind of thing. Um, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Um. But yeah, I mean, I have heard a lot of rumors, though, if the Coyotes left Arizona, which they won't. Gary Bettman will make sure the Coyotes never leave Arizona. But if they did, I keep hearing Houston. So, and uh, that could be a pretty... Never again. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if Atlanta honestly gets another team. Though. I mean, losing two is... I guess know. I'm just stuck with uh, rooting for the Bruins, I guess. Well, if you look out east... The Bruins are the best team in the Atlantic. They are. Um and they're set they're only second in the whole entire Eastern Conference, right behind the Rangers. And I think they're gonna jostle for a while anyways. Um you, you know I mean I would... the Maple the Maple Leaves are gonna eventually collapse. Let's let's be real here. You know you know what cup final I would love? What? I would absolutely love the Dallas Stars versus the Boston Bruins. I would love that, that would there's a great. cup final, and I would absolutely the joy I would get if Tyler Sagan, so I, if it goes seven, it goes to overtime in seven. Ah, oh, damn, Colorado just scored. Well, Uh-oh. there goes that two goal lead. So that's three two. Anyway, I would absolutely love seven game series, Boston versus Dallas, Stanley Cup final. I would love it to go to overtime. And I would love, I'd also love it to be in Boston. And I would love Tyler Sagan to get the series clinching goal in Boston. Just so everyone can be reminded how that was a terrible trade for the Boston Bruins. <laughs> I mean, when you have to like babysit a guy because he's not mature enough and then he gets sent to Dallas and then matures, I mean, like, I guess that was the wake up call for him just having to live in Dallas. I mean, I think he also had some stuff in his personal life that happened too that helped him mature. I think one of his good friends was involved in a pretty bad car accident that left him. Um, but some serious injuries. So I think it's, that just, it, it's unfortunate that people have to go through those things in order to mature and they can't just learn by themselves and they have to learn through like these huge, like life altering events that 
like alter their personality in some way. Mm. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. Oh. It, and it's sad. I mean, and I mean, honestly, I think the best thing that happened to Sagan was leaving Boston just because I mean, yeah. it ended up being great for him down there. He, he's, he's really succeeded. Um, you know, I think if Boston doesn't trade him to Boston might have another cup. Um, I think that was a really bad trade for them. I mean, the, what they got in return is just atrocious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Louis Erickson was, you know, the big part of that trade. And I love to remind Bruins fans about Louis Erickson. I, I think it's pretty funny. Um, he really did nothing in Boston. Um, you know, I think Riley Smith was probably the best part of that trade. And then they lost him to Vegas in the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, essentially they pretty much, they didn't get much. It wasn't a good trade for them. Um, no. But Dallas continues, Sagan continues to perform. I mean, he's had some bad years, but he's rebound. He's rebounded. He's, you know, and he's he's doing okay this year. If he stays healthy, boy, would I love Dallas versus Boston. Um, I'd also love for Connor McDavid to finally get there too. Um, if it can't be the Stars, I'd love to see Connor McDavid get to a cup final. I would love to see the Edmonton Oilers win. Um I'd love to see Canada get something. I feel bad for the Maple Leafs. I feel bad for all those Maple Leaf fans out there, man. I feel for them. Um, so best of luck. I mean, if you look over to the uh, switching over to the Metro, though, the Rangers have a decent lead over the Hurricanes. They're up. Uh, they got five points on the Hurricanes right now, and they have they two less games than the Hurricanes. Rangers are clicking, man. Um, yeah. So they could be a real contender out east. But you know what team in New York is not clicking? The Jets. The Jets are not clicking. That is right. The Jets look absolutely horrendous. That was the first game last weekend. Let's go through some NFL here. That was the absolute, um, probably one of the worst games to watch. That was uh, Thursday, Thursday night, night football. Uh, I think it was the last Thursday night football, too. I got I to gotta tell you, Joe Flacco is came out of retirement, and he's slinging the ball, and I love it. I love it. I'm looking for the Browns to be a dark hurt dark horse in the playoffs because that that'd be a great story for them to finally win a championship if they go to the super bowl win the super bowl i'm telling you palm trees nice beaches <laughs> palm trees in cleveland baby beautiful I, women i, I mean I, all they're all going they're all going to cleveland I, I couldn't agree more with you on your take for the cleveland browns i would love to see them succeed um and i would love amari cooper to just lead them to the promised land mm-hmm. come on come on cooper um and I love I, and Flacco just throwing those balls up to Amari Cooper, man. It's some pretty. I just wish they had Chubb. Um, yeah. Hey, another Georgia Georgia Bulldog there. I mean, Chubb was fun to watch in college too. I mean, but seriously, you put. I mean, it's too bad if Chubb was healthy. Um, and man, and I'm loving this Flacco, the Flacco game right now. I'm just loving it. Just the gun slinging. I just. Those deep balls, man. Oh, man, I would love Cleveland to have a little bit of a run. I would really love that. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, other than, you know, Cleveland being a good team, that game was completely unremarkable. Um, the Jets will wrap up their season this week playing the Patriots. Could be Bill Belichick's last game coaching, but essentially uh, coaching for the Patriots, I should say. Uh, essentially, after that, the game was kind of just boring. I actually didn't watch this game. I watched... Um, I uh, had some friends over. We watched um, National Lampoon's uh, Family Vacation. You know, the one where um, they go to, um, is it Wally World? Wally Mm -hmm. World or whatever. Love that. That movie's great. Classic. One of my favorite movies of all time. So I watched that instead with some friends instead of watching that game. Um, The next game, though, we got to talk about. Um, 
because yeah, the Saturday Cowboys game. should have lost like three separate times in that game, and they all happened in a row. So after this game, I said to you, I'm considering this a Cowboys loss. Yeah, Even absolutely. though they won on paper. And I've told you time and time again, since Dan Quinn left Atlanta, and you said, oh, like, he's such a great defensive corner. I said, you watch, like, his defense going to perform for three quarters, and then they're going to absolutely fold, like, a wet paper towel in the fourth quarter. And what what has happened in the last few weeks? Exactly what I said has happened. And they folded in this game, too, and they got bailed out by the refs. And I'm glad you see that, and you're not some delusional Cowboys fan. No, I mean, I, I, I honestly think this. I think they lost this game, and I think the refs helped them. Um, I think as as a Cowboys fan, I'm pessimistic, quite pessimistic, because, you know, I would call my um, call my dad a little bit more of an optimist. I mean, because he did get to see, you know, five Super Bowls. As for me, um, I've seen nothing but garbage in the later half part of the season. My entire time as a fan, um, you know, going back to my earliest memories, uh, Romo with the the uh, the botched field goal. Um, so many times where Dallas should win. I still think Des caught it way back then. Seriously, we've had some seriously horrible endings to games. Um, in this season, I was finally starting to believe. Um, you go back before the Buffalo Bills game, I was believing, man. Um, I was you like, drinking man. drinking the Kool-Aid. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm like, we'll go up to Buffalo. This team blows. We'll beat Buffalo. Then after that, yeah, just beat Miami. I didn't think I didn't think they'd lose to Miami. Um, and just I don't know. It's just it's December. It's December, January, and this is what this team does. And I'm to to, to comment on this game. This is what's sad is Mike McCarthy is the best coach I have ever seen coach the Cowboys as, as since I've been a fan. Oh yeah. I mean, we had so I, I technically. I mean, I I did. I was little for Parcells, so I mean, he wasn't there long enough. I was there for Parcells. I was really little, um, and it was pretty early into my football. So I'm I'm trying to think how old I was. I think we had Drew Bledsoe that year, one of those years too, right before Romo kind of came up. So I was young. Um, so I remember bits and pieces of him, but outside of him, so take him out of the equation, we had Wade Phillips. And Jason Garrett. Both garbage. So McCarthy's better than both of them, but man, he has no clock management. What the heck was he doing? Run the ball. You gave the Lions 40 seconds that they shouldn't have had. They should have never scored in the first place. All you had to do was run the ball. I had everyone texting me, everyone jumping out of the woodwork. Run the ball. Well, sorry, you can't run the ball when you can't establish the run. They had a, a bad run. They've had a bad um, running game all year. Pollard can't find anything. If he can't, if he can't, if he can't run between the tackles, he's gonna run outside because he just can't run up the middle. I mean, we miss Zeke a lot. Um, seriously, I mean, why can't the Patriots cut Zeke and we just go sign him like um, what the Jets just cut um, Cook? Cook. Yeah, why can't the why signed. can't can the Patriots do us a favor? Oh. Just cut Zeke. We bring him in on a cheap deal and we get him for our playoff run, please. Please. Yeah, that's not going to happen unless you give Bill Belichick a six-round draft pick. <laughs> I mean, I would love for the Patriots to cut him and just get him 
for the playoff run. That'd be beautiful. I'm glad. Um, I, I, one thing that I'm glad about this game, though, is that the commissioner came down on the ref crew on this one, which has been a long time coming, honestly. Um, I think the NFL just needs to start disciplining referee crews a lot more because the the calls that they make time and time again, season after season, is just absolutely atrocious. I mean, you and I like will just text each other whenever there's something silly happening. And honestly, I'm sick of these refs trying to take over games. And I have the same issue with the NBA as well, where these refs have these huge egos and they feel like they need to, you know, control the game or or what have you. So I'm 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 glad that they're disciplining them. I'm glad they're taking them out of the playoff circulation. Um, so you don't have to deal with them uh, next week. So that that will be nice. I mean, I, I'd be worried. I'm worried too. Like if we have to play Detroit again, like no, we're gonna play Detroit again. If you have to play like Detroit they're... again, you're gonna lose. If you have to play Green Bay in the first round, you're gonna lose. I, I I'm sorry. Like that's just the Dallas way. Like it is. It, it's how it goes. Um, it it just. I have to say though, like when I was when I was talking with my dad, um. He would have rather have lost that game and Philly still have the division because that means we would have gone uh, to either Tampa or New Orleans, depending on who wins your division. I mean, I guess you could still technically win it, but my dad was like, he would rather play an NFC South team than have to play the Rams, Packers, anything like that. And he's freaking yeah. out because my dad does not want to play the Rams. So like, my dad was of the opinion where he thinks it would have been better to actually lose that. And now that we're the two CDs, pretty concerned because we're so, so just say there's a couple different options that can happen with the Cowboys. Now let me go down my positive mind and then my negative, which they're both negative, but one's more positive. So positive is they beat the, the commanders. They get the two seed. They likely play the Packers. What happens when we play the Packers? We lose, even though say they win it, Say the say they so what will likely happen is the whoever they play, say they get out of the Packers, right? So say they finally get that hump, they get past the Packers, then they're gonna play in the next round, probably the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, like they always lose in the second round. They always lose in the second round. They always divisional round, I should put it. So it's gonna put you right back where you were. Um, so like my positive point of view is, you know, we win the division we beat the Packers for the first time forever and they don't have Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, somehow the game's closer than it should be. You know, the Packers are balling out, you know, love is playing fantastic. Somehow we get a win. It's a close win. It's like the Seahawks win. And then we just get absolutely destroyed. See, Um, the the problem is is that I just, I don't see Philadelphia really like pulling it together. They're like falling apart at the seams and, Everyone's kind of sick of each other in Philadelphia. You know, the city of brotherly love. Um, they all hate so much other. love. There's so much love. There's so in much Philly. love. <laughs> so much love going on in Philly right now that they're all blaming each other, saying, "Oh well, you know, it's the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, because he can't take an L and just like admit for a loss, or just like sit, instead of like saying like, oh, 'Oh, I'm going to be better because of this,' blah blah blah, or Nick Sirianni coming out." And actually being exposed as a fraud this season when he's not ex- not surrounded by the best coaching staff in the business. I mean, it's just like everyone's pointing the fingers at each other. 
they can't even win against the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, if you guys can get over that hump of the Packers and then you play the Eagles in, in the divisional round, I think you guys could win that and go on to the NFC Championship game. You're forgetting something, though. The Cowboys can't beat the Arizona Cardinals either. And they <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't beat the Arizona Cardinals without Kyler Murray. So you're, you're absolutely right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, um I I'm very concerned for the Dallas Cowboys, like I am always. Um, I think all roads lead to an early playoff exit, whether it's the first round super wild card weekend or it's the divisional round. Uh, I think that's where it's gonna end for us, unfortunately. Um well, all roads for the Falcons lead to firing Arthur Smith because they can't win a game in Chicago against the Chicago Bears team. Can, can, can the Falcons do me a favor and just fire Smith and then just go and sign um, Kirby Smart? Come on, please. I'm begging you. I, that's that's what I want, too. I mean, come I on, want come on. I, I, I just want the firing first. And they, then they, they, they just have every, every five star from the Bulldogs and just enter the transfer portal. They all come to Alabama. We wave goodbye to the Bulldogs. Instead of splitting all our the recruiting classes, we just put out everyone in, in Tuscaloosa. We retire if that gives you guys the Falcons multiple Super Bowl championships, I'm all for it. G- give me Kirby Smart. I'll sacrifice the Bulldogs for that. Oh, you can then have that elite defense in the NFL. Oh, please. You know, um, I would absolutely love that. Um, but so finishing, like I said, with the Cowboys, it, pretty – Pretty negative. I mean, the next game after, so the first game on Sunday um, that we're going to talk about, though, is the the Titans Texans game. Which, boy, the boy, the Texans are exciting, huh? I I I love watching CJ Stroud. I got to tell you, he's he's looking like a stud. I mean, he's probably the best quarterback to come out of that draft class easily. Let's look okay. at his. Let's look at his. Stats. I feel bad for Bryce Young because you know it seemed like he was going to be the guy, and now he's got to deal with the dumpster fire of Carolina. But CJ Stroud is just looking like like the man right now. CJ Stroud, three thousand eight hundred and forty four passing yards, twenty one touchdowns, and he has five interceptions. That's that's pretty good. Amazing year. Um, he's ninth in um passing yards. Um, he's let's see. I mean, he's got a ninety nine point zero QBR as well. He's making two out of three passes. His completion percentage is at sixty three percent. I mean, I just like Houston's. I I feel like they're gonna come out of the South. I I don't I don't see how they don't come out of the AFC South. Just the way that the Colts are kind of skidding right now, um, but they do. Who do they have to play next week? They 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 do have to play the Colts. They're playing the Colts, which so uh, this is a playoff that, game. That decides. Yeah, this is a playoff a game right here. When when and you get in and Stroud can play, man. He's a baller. I um he's he's this really game good. Would have been so much better if Richardson could have just stopped running the ball like a maniac. I'm I'm sick of these quarterbacks coming out of college and thinking that they can run free, free and clear like like in college football. Like I'm telling you, in college football, everyone's like, "Oh, we're just hitting each other, we're having fun." When you get get into the NFL, the National Football League, people want to hit you, they want to kill you. 
Hmm. They want to take you out of the game. They want to break your back. They want to like smash your knee in. Like you gotta stop running around. Like you can just like get up from every hit. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it, it takes a special player to be able to do what they can do with their legs. And yeah. you have like the Lamar Jacksons of the world that can do it. Uh, Michael Vick used to be able to do it. But how long are those careers? And like you said, with Richardson getting hurt, I think if Richardson's healthy this year, the, the Colts are probably the feel-good story. And maybe yeah. their head coach is really the real reason the Eagles got to the Super Bowl last year, maybe. Maybe. Um Maybe, I mean, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll tell I mean, you that. He, he looks fantastic. I mean, he looks yeah. absolutely fantastic. So we'll, he, I think I think the Colts have a better, you know, I think their coach is amazing, but I think the Texans have a better roster. And, and my favorite player on the Texans has to be Anderson. Oh, man, he was a beast at Alabama. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, I think um, I was thinking about this before the show, Adam, like some of my favorite defensive players to come out of Alabama. Like I um I love Fitzpatrick. Um Sertan was good too. Um but my, my I think my absolute favorite was Anderson. He was just he's just a beast. He's absolutely a beast. Um you know, it's just I want to see him go. I would love to see I, I hope he I would love to see him get defensive player of the year. Could be a long shot. Um but I mean, he has seven sacks, seven sacks. I'm just yeah. saying, um, but I would love to see it. I mean, he's just a great player. I would, I want to see the Texans get in. They're a young team. They're fun. I love their coach. Um, you know, they got a feel good story with Mechie. You know, he had cancer last year. He's battled through cancer, came back. He's played in 15 games. Um, he only has 153 pa rushing, passing yard, receiving yards, but seriously, I mean, they are a fun team. Um, I really like this Houston Texans team. Um, you know, like I said, I'm fond of my teams from Texas, but I would love to see them get in over the Colts. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I, I really like CJ Stroud. I really like him. I think he's a great quarterback. Um, I thought his little, like the thing he did with Tom Brady, I thought was fun. The little, um, like back in the early part of the season, him and Tom Brady were goofing around with on Twitter. I liked that. That was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is one of those teams where I would like to see, you know, them do something. Um, and like I said, that was a start. That win over the Titans, a start. They got to get it done against the Colts this weekend. And we'll see. But another team that's got to get it done is your Atlanta Falcons. And you did not have a good weekend last week. You mean 37 to 17 to the Chicago Bears? It, I'm All I'm going to say this. For Arthur Smith, I don't care if they make it in the playoffs by some miracle where Carolina wins against Tampa Bay, which I don't think is going to happen. Leave Arthur Smith on the tarmac. I am so sick of him and his terrible offensive play calling. We have so many good weapons in Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. We have an elite defense. The fact that we're seven and nine and not, I don't know, ten and six is is ridiculous to me. That division, I, I, that division's awful too. It's yeah, and we have like one of the easiest schedules by far in in football right now. And and he fumbled it. So if they keep him on for um, 
another season, I'm boycotting Home Depot. I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's only one way that uh you know Arthur Blank can can hear from me, and as if I don't buy my hardware for Home Home Depot anymore, I'm gonna go to Lowe's. I'm gonna tell everyone, every Falcons fan, if Arthur Smith is still the coach in one month, go to Lowe's from now on. I don't I don't care if Home Depot is the only one with your specific fluorescent light bulb that you need to put up in your stairway, go to Lowe's. Get a special ordered. They'll do it for you. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's an interesting storyline that came out of this game where Justin Fields may not be the quarterback in Chicago next year. And I think that would be a, a massive loss for, for Chicago. Yeah, you um, know... And, and um, they're, they're thinking that he's going to Atlanta if if he does leave Chicago, which I'd be fine with. Fields is from Georgia, right? Exactly. Um, he went to he went to high school in Georgia. Um, he played for the Bulldogs for a year before transferring to Ohio State. I mean, it it would be it'd be fun to see him come back. I mean, I would I honestly want to see you guys trade for Kyler. Um, I still want Kyler in Atlanta. It's a dome. You guys play in a dome. He can play in a dome. Any quarterback is better than Desmond Ritter and. Tyler Henneke good combo. <laughs> I mean, they were like, oh, Desmond, Desmond Ritter's a guy. I was drinking the Kool-Aid over the offseason. Let's give him a chance. Oh, you were drinking the Kool-Aid. You I was were... drinking the Kool-Aid. I was you drinking, drinking the Kool-Aid. The Kool-Aid. I said, we're like not, I, we don't even need Heineke. We, Ritter is the man. He's not the man. He's not even a man. Get him out of here. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of everybody. <laughs> um... Uh, this for what's going on with Chicago, like you said, with Fields is, um, I guess they're going to keep their coach. I've heard the Bears are going to keep their coach. Don't know if that's the best move. Um, <laughs> they're sitting there with the first pick. If I'm Chicago, I'm looking at a team, maybe the New England Patriots, whoever is sitting at third. You're going to think. I think the Commanders are sitting at second. I think. I think the Commanders might be second. So you're going to think they're taking a quarterback. Um, I, I think they take a quarterback. I, I don't think I think they go with Sam Howell next. I think you have a new coach, whole new, whole, they have a new owner, so I think they get a new coach, whole new system. So I think they take their guy. So they probably take a quarterback. But if you're the Bears, maybe you trade back to whoever has third, maybe the Patriots or something. And then at third, you know, you take Marvin Harrison Jr. And then, you know, with that other first early first round pick you got from that's your own pick, you take a lineman and you just go with Justin Fields. That's what I would do. But I mean, it, it. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe they take Caleb Williams. I don't know. Maybe they go. Maybe they love some other quarterback. Maybe they like. Maybe they like Drake May. Maybe they like Jaden Daniels. I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um. But they have a bunch of picks. They got. They they have draft capital. They got players that can play on that team, so they can make some trades. They might be, and they got a ton of cap space. So the Bears might actually be really good next year, which I would love to see that team come back. I mean. I'd love to see them beat the Packers. If someone beats the Packers for me, I'm a happy man. So can they come back and beat the Packers? <laughs> I'm happy if anyone beats the Packers. I'm happy if anyone beats the Eagles. You know, I'm happy if anyone beats the Saints. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a long list of teams that I'm sipping the tears of their fans <laughs> at, uh, come 8 o'clock on Sunday. Um, There was one team that I could you know, drink my own tears with on Sunday, though. Um, Miami is killing me. Um, it's absolutely killing me. Um, I, their problem, their problem is, is like they they show up and they look elite, and then they 
play one of these games and they drop like a huge bombshell. I mean, they got blown out. Absolutely hornswoggled on Sunday. Uh, it was just not even a competition. No, I remember looking at this game and I was like, is there, is there something wrong with Google or something? Because they 56 to 19, that's kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah, and Tua had two interceptions. Yep. Um, Your boy. It's okay. He's still the uh, Pro Bowl starter. It's okay. Um, yeah, because he's not going to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I I love to uh Lamar Jackson's I mean he's I I don't know how he's not walking away with the MVP this year. I he threw five touchdowns in this game, 321 yards. That's ridiculous to me. Oh, I, I think mean, I think he won the MVP after that game. I think he has. I think he's the MVP. It's like in his pocket. You can actually see it when he's running around. <laughs> um this Ravens team's probably going to win the Super Bowl. I don't um, I don't I mean they they might have like a tough game, you know. Every, every team does uh, and when the playoffs come around where, you know, another team just has your number. So that may happen. I, I just don't see that, really. I agree with you. I, I don't see how the Ravens don't win the Super Bowl. I think that, that it's going to be a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl again, just like in 2012. Could be. Uh, and I think the Ravens well, won't play that, with it again. As well. Did you hear that? I mean, that you know, the, the guy sitting behind me at the Fenway Bowl got me thinking about conspiracy theories. Did you hear about that whole conspiracy theory about the color of the Super Bowl logo? Has kind of dictated like what teams are in it. Oh, I heard yes, something about I how it was purple and that. red. Yeah, heard something how it's purple and red. So I think it's Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. I heard something about this whole conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. um, don't worry, I didn't hear it about it. I didn't hear it from the guy sitting behind me at Fenway. He was into some other stuff that I, I you know, but um, you know, actually, I don't even know what conspiracy. He just he's, he was just out of it. But um, no, but I heard this one online and I was like, wow, well, maybe you know, or on that topic, maybe I San could Francisco. See that. I mean. Baltimore. Yeah, the I'm honestly the NFL needs to come up with a better story for the Atlanta Falcons because I'm sick of it. Please, for my <laughs> for my sanity. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just just to put a you know an end on this. It just Miami's disappointing. I mean, they're probably gonna lose the Buffalo, um, and they're probably so they're gonna they have to go on the road. I don't think they can go anywhere cold. Yeah, you're and gonna I go play in be... Buffalo this Sunday, and it's gonna be snowing up there. I mean. That's gonna be rough. I think I think they're in Miami this weekend. Oh, are they in Miami? They, they already weekend? went to Buffalo already, so I think they're oh, in okay. Miami this weekend. Um, oh, did you yeah, hear what right. happened to Tyree Kill's uh, house? Oh yeah, his, his house was on fire. Like, I think one of his kids had like a lighter. I think was playing with a lighter or something. I think that's what I heard. That's what I saw the headline of. Which that's gonna be a, a big issue, like a big, you know, a big problem in the locker room with that. I mean, you gotta think they're worried a bit, a little bit, and I don't know. Might not be the best game. I think Buffalo could take this one, which. Yeah, he had a run. We had all counted out. He had like a boot back. on as well. Yeah, not not good. Not good for Tyreek Hill. No, not a good look for Tyreek Hill. Um, but for the Ravens, they look fantastic. Um, let's just crown them Super Bowl, Super Bowl champs already. They're they're gonna win it all. Um yep. the, the next game that was on Sunday, the early games, was uh Saints Bucks. This game had a lot of huge significance for you. Um I mean you know, it could affect it your playoff been, It would have been nice if we had won, but you know, the Saints did us a favor, and we were like, uh, I'd rather not, which I guess kind of tracks. We hate the Saints. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Baker Mayfield threw two interceptions. Everyone was high up on him being the quarterback, maybe comeback player of the year, something like that. I don't know. Anyways, South is weak. These 
both of these teams are now eight and eight. I mean, someone's coming out of the South with a nine and eight record or an eight and nine record. And if they're coming out of the South with an eight and nine record, it's the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's not, not going to be fun. If, hey, if but have... whoever comes out of it is hosting a playoff game. Hey, you're right. And um, you're going to see five fans in Mercedes-Benz Stadium <laughs> for that playoff game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just not not good. No, it's, it's, it's uh, just it's... another another riveting game this Sunday was the Patriots and the Bills. Um, the fact that the Patriots even put 21 points up with Bailey Zappi is kind of crazy to me. Um, hey, hey, Patriots, hey, Patriots fans. Everyone, if you listen to this game, your boy Zappy had three interceptions. And uh, is it time for my boy Mac Jones to come back? I think it's time for uh, Mac Jones to come back. You, I you think hated him Mac... all this time, and I think um, Zappy has now turned into a terrible quarterback. So now, um, you guys going to turn back to um, Mac Jones? I think it's Mac Jones' time back. I would love to see um, the look on Patriots uh, fans' faces if Mac Jones comes out of that of the tunnel. Um, but, uh, seriously though, for the three interceptions of the Patriots, they were close. They could have done it. They, they, they have the bills number. They can beat the bills. Um, Josh Allen has another interception. Like I said, I do not think he can win a super bowl. Um, maybe get to one, but I don't think he can win one. Um, and Josh Allen did not look good either. He only had 169 yard passing. Um, yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick yeah. might be trolling us all. I gotta say. He's just like barely losing games and hey. <clears throat> showing his defense is still elite, honestly. Hey, you like, want to hear an NFL script for you? What? We were talking about the scripts. So the Patriots, uh, last game of the season, playing the Jets at home, we're getting a snowstorm. So the Boston area is getting a snowstorm Saturday night into Sunday, right? Think about Bill Belichick's rise came in a snowstorm. That game where they played the Raiders in the snow. Mm -hmm. That was the big rise of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Does it end? Does it all end post-snowstorm against the Jets, the team that he left to come coach to pages? Is it all? Is it coming full circle? Is it, is it? Are we done? Is the Bill Belichick era in New England over? Can all of us, can you and I and everybody just have a nice sigh of relief? Is it done? Is it all done? Are the Patriots and all this finally over? I really hope that. I can't wait. I really hope on Monday morning we're reading a headline. Bill Belichick fired. Oh, my God. That would be the day. Bill Belichick fired. Arthur Smith fired. I think I'd take the day off and kind of go for a celebratory tour around Portland. <laughs> I mean, if I if I could. Yeah, seriously. Um, You know, I mean. You know, I might just, you know, leave work a little early, you know, <laughs> just go celebrate. That'd be unreal. I mean, I'd be so happy uh, to read Bill Belichick fired. I mean, and I want it to be a fire. I don't want it to be like mutual, like they mutually parted ways. And it's like civil. I want it to be like a, an actual firing. Like I want it to be like Bill Belichick fired, forced yeah. out. Like I want just something like that just to make it all that much better because the torture having to watch that team win so many Super Bowls. It was just absolutely torturous. I can't stand them. And then to make matters worse, they ruined Mac Jones. Love Mac Jones. Mac, I hope you find another team to play for. I hope um, 
you know, you make Bill Belichick regret benching you. I really hope you get a second try. But as for the rest of the Patriots, uh, I can't wait for this to be over. Um, and then on a positive note, the Dallas Stars just scored again, so it's now 4-2 uh, Dallas over Colorado. But um, yeah, the Bruins are doing uh, six and five. Oh well. Um, the next game, which was probably my favorite game of the weekend, was uh, Cardinals uh, over Eagles, thirty-five, thirty-one. Um. Yeah, my brew this week: Alabama tears, Philadelphia tears. Mix it all together, makes hell of a tincture. I I I sure. can't I can't fully celebrate this loss yet for the Eagles until um Dallas beats Washington, because if Dallas beats Washington, wins the division, I'll be happy that they. But until then, as long as Dallas doesn't fuck this up. I, I won't cheer or be too excited until Dallas actually gets the division and doesn't fuck it up because, like mm-hmm. I said, I have seen Dallas manage to fuck a bunch of shit up. Um, so, you know, let's hope. My goal, my hope, let's hope they don't screw this up. And like I said, yeah, thank you, Arizona, for hopefully giving um, the Cowboys the division, and it was great. I mean, Kyler Murray... Um, three touchdowns, one interception, 232 passing yards. Um, telling you, I told you early in the season, I think Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. I think he's good. You're right. He is a good quarterback. I don't think he leaves Arizona though. I don't know. Depends on, I don't know. See, their whole pick got all screwed up now. See, by them winning and messed up their pick. So maybe they get, oh, imagine Marvin Harrison Jr. in Arizona. Oh, oh yeah, now they're Harrison be, Jr. What like seven and seven and ten? Is that a four and twelve? There mm. you go. Hmm. Oh, that could be fun. That could be fun, <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to score points, but the defense is probably still crap. So that's why the oh, yeah. record doesn't change. Um. So Panthers Jaguars game. Uh, I didn't watch that. The owner dumped a drink. the The Panthers owner dumped a drink on a Jaguars fan. I heard that he got fined three hundred thousand dollars, which is the equivalent of me and you getting fined a dollar thirty eight. I mean, he probably he probably uses that kind of money as toilet paper. I mean, he's got so much. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's got like definitely got uh, just a roll of a hundred dollar bills that he just uses as toilet paper. You know what? What's also interesting is like. The NFL forced Dan Snyder out. He was the worst owner by far. And now you got this guy in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy is right up there with Dan Snyder. All right. Oh yeah. It's it's like uh, two seasons in, and he's already up there with like one of the worst owners in the sport. Speed run, any percentage, worst NFL owner. Yep. Definitely. I mean, I feel bad for another Alabama quarterback, I think, getting screwed, Bryce Young. I, I don't think Bryce Young is that bad. No, I don't. I, mean, I, I think he's. I think if he's put in a situation that C.J. Stroud was put in, I think that the Panthers are kind of on the cusp of a playoff berth. Hmm. So, I mean, it's just a terrible deal that that he got, and, and I hope Bryce Young can get to a better team soon because I don't think the Panthers are going to be good for a long time. No, I don't think so, and I think I think you know. Next year or the year after, we could sit in here, we could be sitting here and saying, you know, Bryce Young is another Mac Jones. It's it's very yep. possible. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for him. Bad situation. I gotta say though, I, Trevor Lawrence, man. I I don't know. He, he should just be doing. Um, actually, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. I take that back. Trevor Lawrence did not play. <laughs> um. Yeah, isn't he hurt? Yeah, he's hurt. He's been battling an injury. Um. That being said, though, with him in the playoffs, if he does get healthy, I don't know, man. He's got to get I, his I, interceptions under control. I mean, he's he's he produces, but he just like puts his team in such a terrible situation with with the interceptions and they don't have the defense to to recover really. No, I just I don't know, man. It's just I just I don't tr- see the, the Jaguars used to be a fun team. Yeah, what Blake um, Bortles was on the team. Oh, you had Yeah, Jalen Ramsey as cornerback. Like that was a fun that was a fun team to watch. Um Blake Bortles ripping a sig and throwing a 50-yard bomb. Man. And uh, oh my god! And Jalen Ramsey just uh, going to training camp in like a money, um, like a, a money truck. Oh yeah! Oh my god! That was that team was fun, man. That was a really fun team. I really liked that team. Um, it's just that was a fun Jaguars team. This Jaguars team is just like I feel like it's soulless. I feel like they just don't have a soul. Yeah. They don't have this energy. No culture. Um, like. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, for a first round pick to like for first overall pick to like, I feel like there's not many. He's not his name isn't out there as much. Like you get some players. Urban Meyer sucked the life out of every player that was on that team last year. I know it's just, you know, NTN's good though. He's a good back. You know, yeah. 102 yards, two touchdowns last week. He's a really good back. Um, I don't know. I don't know how far they get. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I called them my dark horse. Um, as of right now, I'm starting to think that that was a bad call. I'm starting to think like the Texans actually might be better. Um, but I don't know. It you know it's it's I think it's all contingent on what Lawrence can do. Can Lawrence get healthy? Yeah. Can Lawrence keep his interceptions down? It, that's that's going to be the question. And you know, I don't know. I mean, Lawrence came in as this highly touted prospect. I mean, he seemed perfect. I mean, you and, and I all gave him a pass the last two years saying, you know, like Peyton wasn't that good and blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, this is the time like we got to start seeing results now or else he's going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's it's true. It's definitely true. Um, Colts won their game against the Raiders. And all I got to say is that I think Antonio Pierce is going to be the coach for the Raiders next year. Uh, this game was close and the Raiders basically have people off the street playing for them honestly is o'connell is o'connell good i mean 299 yards two two touchdowns um i mean he can win games yeah i mean he's definitely a serviceable backup i mean if you're the raiders do you roll with him next year i mean he's cheap i mean he's he's like he's getting paid you know pennies i mean you know I was saying the same thing last year this time about Desmond Ritter. Serviceable backup. Throws like, good, throws touchdowns, produces. Sure. I mean I mean, I'm not a Raiders fan. Roll with Aiden O'Connell for next year. I mean it doesn't it won't hurt. They've almost turned their season around, basically. If they won if they won their game against the Colts, I think that they're competing for a wild card spot, really. Mm, possibly, you know, I mean, 
Possibly. I mean, we'll. I mean, that division's tough, though. It is a tough um, division because I think the Chargers. I, I, I just I I see a marketable difference in the Raiders when Josh McDaniels was the coach versus when Antonio Pierce is now the coach, and I I think it's it's for the better too. So I think yeah. they should continue with Antonio Pierce. I think Aiden O'Connell is TBD, but um, I mean, you got Devontae Adams, so go and get a quarterback if you mm. want. And then you still have Aiden O'Connell. Mm. It just it, it depends on who's available at the later rounds because I wouldn't if I'm them I don't take a quarterback in the first. I mean, I mean it depends on where they're picking too. But I mean they could fall into Jaden Daniels, which they could. Yeah, I mean Daniels in Las Vegas would be fun. Um, you know, I mean it, I don't know. I honestly I don't know. Whatever happened to Jimmy G? It's just was he um, McDaniel's guy and like I mean he's gonna be he's gonna be healed from his injury by now. Like what happened to him? Yeah, I think he was McDaniel's guy. Um, let me see if he's even on the team anymore though. He's still on the team. It's just he's gonna be. You know what? They probably just said don't play, and they probably don't want to play. I don't know. He probably was just McDaniel's guy. They probably. Roll with O'Connell, and that was it. I mean, I think I think the problem is is that everyone hated Josh McDaniel so much, and Josh McDaniel was so high up on Garoppolo that it was just like, all right, we can't have Garoppolo start and McDaniel's not be coach. Hmm. So, I guess I don't know. Um, what could have been there? Jimmy G would have been fun there. Um, next game, Rams Giants. Rams struggled with the Giants. Um, and you're and you're. Worried about playing the Rams? I am. I am worried about playing the Rams. They'll play. They'll play Dallas tough. Matthew I mean, Stafford. Does. Matthew Stafford will come home and he'll he'll play he'll play his hometown team tough. Um, you know, yeah, just you know, he's a Dallas kid, so he'll he'll they, play. They gotta put Tommy Cutlets back in there. Oh, bring the on! Too. Come on, can they bring in bring Cutlets back the- Tommy Cutlets? I love those memes, man. I hate the Giants, but love those memes. I love them. I absolutely love loved memes. them. I love the agent in the the goofy suits. Oh my god! Um, oh, the memes. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want cutlets. We want cutlets. Bring back cutlets. Come on. We want it. We want. We want him back. Um, my god, that was like a Lin. Remember Lin Sanity with the Knicks? I felt like it was like the same thing. Yeah. Very um, short lived, though. I mean, Lynn Sanity, I think, went on for a little bit longer, but yeah, the the Lynn Sanity run for Tommy Cutlets is over. Mm-hmm. Too bad. Um, but like I said, the Rams get a W. They're in the playoffs. Um, we'll see. Uh, 49ers handled the Commanders. Nothing new there. 49ers are probably going to come out of the NFC. I don't. I don't really have a doubt in my mind. Steelers and Seahawks. Um, Steelers won this game surprisingly to me. I mean, I feel like the Steelers were not going to be a 500 team this year, and now they're sitting at nine and seven. So, hey, the, the Steelers are on the bubble. If they, they win, are. they got a 66 percent chance of making the playoffs. Mason Rudolph be playing quarterback, not throwing a touchdown. That's okay. I mean, I guess better so. hope that he doesn't play the Browns in the postseason because Miles Garrett might kill him. I guess Tomlin came out and said um, he's rolling with Rudolph. So that's fine. That, so that's, I, that's all I th- him. I think that's what they're rolling with. Um, next game. Um, we're getting close to the end of these games. We had 
charge uh Chiefs Bengals. And man, the Chiefs are struggling. Huh? I I the Bengals hate the Chiefs, huh? There's a little they hated each other, man. They did have some bad blood there, but the Chiefs are struggling these games they should be winning. I mean, there's no Joe Burrow. I mean, they should have been this Chiefs team, you know, this is perfect that everyone's going to write off the Chiefs. Everyone's writing them off now. Yep. And this is perfect for them to use it as fire and go out there and win another Super Bowl. And um, I'm preparing all our listeners now. If the Cowboys... Taylor Swift's going to release a single, and then the Chiefs are going to go on a run. I'm just I'm preparing. I'm just preparing um, all our listeners now. But if the Cowboys, God forbid, are eliminated, the uh, the Dallas Texans will be resurfacing, and uh, you know we'll uh, have another you know uh, team under the uh, the Dallas. Um, the banner here. So um, good luck to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Um, you know, and honestly, it just, I kind of want this Taylor Swift. Um, just, I, I, I'm, I'm loving the Taylor Swift, man. I actually like it. I'm one of the few fans that like it. I think it's kind of funny. Um, and I would love to see it go deep into the playoffs. Um, and I'm, I'm really intrigued too, of like a Chiefs Dolphins matchup. Um, so I think if the Dolphins lose, I think they they might go to the Chiefs. Yeah. So that would be a fantastic matchup because honestly, I think both teams can win that. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs probably win it, but I don't know. I think a lot of people are counting the Chiefs out, man, and they could be in the AFC Championship game. I want to see can Mahomes win on the road. You know, he's never played a road playoff game because they've been so good. Uh, yeah, we'll I want to see, see it. Um, I'm a big supporter of Mahomes. I. This Chiefs team is this Chiefs team is fun, and I think people are counting them out, and I would not count them out. Um, I really, I, I've, I I've debated putting on a future on them to win. I'm just, you know, debating like you know, pre playoffs future, you know, putting some money on them because I mean, I'm sure the odds are pretty good right now, and you know, if there's any team that can beat Baltimore, I would say it'd be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, they pull something out, that's for sure, but. You know, let's see. I might not be calling them the Kansas City Chiefs. So I might be calling them their original name, the Dallas Texans, um, if Dallas gets eliminated. So stay tuned. Stay tuned, listeners. Um, you could have a little – we could have a little fun little segment coming up um, if we get a uh, Chiefs playoff run. Yeah, um, live in your delusional world, Stephen. A delusional world that the, everything revolves – everything – the whole world revolves around the city of Dallas, and Absolutely. somehow everything is connected to Dallas. Mm-hmm. So we could play that game too in the offseason. We could do of how everything relates to Dallas because it's the center of the universe, you know. <laughs> um, the next game was uh Chargers Broncos. Talk about a crap game. This was 16 to 9 is like some like wild baseball game score. I feel like you know, like one team scores a lot, and then anyways. Chargers are bad. Send Justin Herbert to Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Broncos are bad. <laughs> send, <laughs> send Russell Wilson to Atlanta. Um, I mean, I, I'm so sick of Sean Payton. I don't want to see him anymore. His stupid face. <laughs> uh, I'm sick of him too, him. so don't feel bad. I hate him oh. so much. I'm, um, I'm happy the Broncos are terrible. Yeah, Packers, I mean, Packers won against the the Vikings. Love, God, 
Love it's just not fair. Being, it, it, it's just, I it's agree just, with you. It's, it's, it's why can't the Packers just be bad? Why can't they just be bad? Like not have a generational quarterback as a talent. Like the Patriots don't even have a Tom Brady anymore. Imagine going from Tom Brady to like Tom Brady 2.0. Like this is what's been happening to the Packers for the past what twenty five years, thirty years now, because. Brett Favre went to the Packers in 95, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, to like 20, almost 30 years now. You know, 29 you, years. You know what would also be um quite interesting, you know what would be quite interesting is, um, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowls with the Packers early in their careers. Imagine, just saying, uh, the Packers get high, hot at the right time and uh, Love gets one now. Imagine, it's, it's imagine, all, I mean, imagine this, the, the, uh, oh my God, imagine so the cheese, the cheese heads would be out in full force. Oh my God, I'm just getting, thank God we don't live this. in the middle of the country, wouldn't have to deal with any of that nonsense. Oh, but no, but they they exist everywhere. They're They'll like, come they, out of the woodworks, you're right. Oh, like they rats. like multiply, they multiply like, oh my God, they're everywhere. I mean, they're like, oh man, they're just, they're one of, they're a fan base that really, them in Philly, I think. Or up there on my my oh man, those are the two teams for me. I mean, you know my whole my main issue with the Packers comes from I can the the Cowboys can never beat them, and I think I think the Cowboys also. I mean I gotta you know mention this every part, but I think the Cowboys were robbed with the Des Cotta year. That was our year. I think we would have beat the Seahawks. Would have given the Patriots a good fight that year. We were robbed. Um, Packers win that game and then they go and. You know, thumped or actually, I think it was a yep. close game against Seattle, but still they lost. Um, but seriously, it would be so Packers esque if this this Packers team wins a Super Bowl, and then Jordan Love is just, you know, a as uh, Stephen A. Smith would say, a bad man. He's a bad, He's a bad man. man, and he just becomes the next bad man. And then we get to hear about him for another ten something years, ten years, fifteen years, whatever. We just get to hear about how their quarterbacks are amazing. They're the best ever. Everything about them is fantastic. Lambeau Field is this. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. Give me a break. Oh, it's just it's it's so nauseating. Yeah. You know, and as we talk about how they're owned by the fans, come on, come on. It's just you know what? Seriously, it, you know what? I, we're not even going to get into it because I went on the rant last week, but somehow you know these Packers, man, it they're going to do something. Trust me. Something they're either going to give Dallas a run for their money, or they'll play someone else. Love something. Um, they just, like I said, and the cheese heads will be out in full force. It's so unfortunate. Um, so that was really all the games. Uh, that was all the games, all the NFL games last week. Um, and it's, it's really setting up for, um, what could be an amazing playoffs because yeah. there really is outside, maybe the Ravens. I don't think there's really that one clear front runner. Cause I mean, San Francisco can lose, um, Dallas will. Historically, they can lose. Eagles can lose. Um, I mean, the Dolphins could blow the two seed, which I thought they had a lock on forever. They could blow that. Um, you know, the Chiefs, everyone's writing them off. The, you know, the Browns, you know, the Browns could surprise the, you know, the American, you know, the, the um, all American underdog team of the Browns. Um, seriously, the, the Lions. I mean, we're another team that we didn't talk too much about. I mean, imagine a Lions Browns Super Bowl would be. I don't know if 
the country would like make it through. I don't know, like the riots in Detroit and Cleveland would be so insane to make the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know if our country could handle it. I mean, imagine a Browns Lions Super Bowl. Like, wow. I would, I would actually kind of want to watch that. To be honest, I think everyone in America would want to watch. It'd be like the All American. You don't even call it the Super Bowl; call it the All American Bowl. I mean, yeah. it's like the two biggest. Um, I think they might make a movie. The Disney would make a movie out of that for sure. Um, that that'd be wild. That'd be a really wild matchup. Um, but yeah, so much can happen. Um, and it's I'm excited. I'm so. What is your Super Bowl prediction? And we'll conclude our NFL talk. I will say, realistically, I'm going to go with Detroit and Baltimore. I just think Detroit is going to get hot at the right time. And they're going to use the fire from this Dallas game where the refs kind of screwed them over to kind of propel them into the Super Bowl. And I, I, I don't see them winning it, unfortunately. I would love to see them win it, but the Ravens are just way too good this year. I don't, I'm, I don't see them anyone stopping them. What about you? Um, this is um great question because I mean I I could see the Chiefs and Bills going on runs to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't see either of them winning it though. I think they yeah. both can make it. Don't see them winning it. The Ravens I think are the only real team in the AFC that I think literally can win it all. Um, I think the Browns could win it all if they had a quarterback outside of Flacco. Flacco's been fun to watch, but if they had an actual quarterback, um. Not a that defense rapist. is legit. I mean, that team could they could win with a real quarterback. I mean, I, yeah. say, I mean, not that Flacco wasn't a real quarterback, but you know, I mean, like a, you know, if they had, you know, I think if they had, um, like Kirk Cousins or something, I think they probably could win a Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're that good that they could might probably win win with a guy like that. Um, I think though the favorite's got to be the Ravens. Um, I think they're the most complete team. Um, it's just. Lamar is playing out of his mind. I mean, the, the Ravens are either going to go to win the Super Bowl or they're going to lose in the divisional round. That's what's going to happen. They're either going to lose first round in a shocker that no one sees coming by some random team that got hot like the Browns. Yep. Or um, they're going to win the Super Bowl. There's like that'd two... be a great that'd be a great storyline. Joe Flacco comes into Baltimore as a Browns quarterback, beats the Ravens. I know. Poetic. Um. You know, I was thinking back to that year where the Ravens were the one seed. Lamar Jackson got the MVP, and they lost to the Tennessee Titans. That first round, but was it first or I think it was first round they lost. Yeah, and I got thinking about that, and I think that was um, almost four years ago now. And I'm just like, back you in know, the same spot. They're in the same spot. Lamar's going to win the MVP. It could happen. That, that is, like I said, um, like I said though, I'm probably going to go. Um, you know. I've been hyping up the Chiefs all most of this pod. I'm gonna say Chiefs win the AFC. Um I'm not gonna go against my boy Mahomes. I can't go against Taylor Swift. Um so I think the Chiefs win the AFC is my right now my prediction it's Chiefs. Um uh Chiefs. Well, who do we got in the NFC here? Um all these teams can be beat. Uh I really think all these teams can be beat, but I think it's um I think it's Chiefs 49ers. And um, if that were to happen, I think the 49ers get their revenge. I think the 49ers win the Super Bowl if that happens. Yeah. But that's my prediction. I'm going with that right now. Um, I'm probably going to regret that later. I'm probably going to wish I went with the Ravens. but Just don't bet on it and then 
Yeah. It'll happen. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's my prediction. Now, um, we've covered a lot of football from both college and pros. I mean, there have been some storylines outside of um, the NFL that I want to quickly touch on. Um, the Red Sox traded Chris Sale um, to the, your Atlanta Braves for Grisham. How pumped were you? I, I got to tell you, I did not see that coming at all. I thought they were going to make a free agent signing for a pitcher or make a different trade, but I'm I'm excited for Chris Sale. I think Freed and Sale are going to be fantastic lefty duo in that rotation, and then you top it off with Strider and Morton. That's that's a one, two, three, four punch right there, I got to tell you. If Chris Sale can be healthy, because the problem is, is Vaughn Grissom has just had no place on the team. He, I mean... Second base, you got Ozzy Albies. <clears throat> Shortstop, you got you had Dansby Swanson for a while, and then um, he didn't really fit in the outfield either. I mean, it's just like where do we put this kid? And we put him on the Red Sox. So hopefully, he you know works out up there. Um, I hope Chris Sale can stay healthy. I think he's worth the risk, and that's why the Braves signed him to an extension today. Um, just to get an extra year of contract under him. And I, I think it's going to work out. I think that the Braves are still just as good without Grissom, and their ceiling just got a lot higher, for sure. Um, I, I find this is an interesting move for the Red Sox. Um, I, I don't understand why the Red Sox did this. I, I don't. Um, I, I was really confused by it. I mean... Um, I, I don't know if they. I, I mean, they sent some money over to you guys too to cover some. I mean, I thought they were shedding money. Um, and I thought John Henry um, is never shedding money. And I, and I was like, is he sh- shedding money? And then I heard, I saw a report on um Twitter that was like Liverpool's going for Mbappe, and they're trying to get money for Mbappe. And I saw that, and I was like, hmm, interesting. Um. So I thought at first they were going to do that, and then I don't know. I honestly don't know what the Red Sox are doing. I don't know if the Red Sox are just going to put the bare minimum in for money-wise and just try to get fans to sell out seats. I don't know. I don't know what Boston's doing. It's a great move, I think, for Atlanta if sales stays healthy, like you said. Um, I still don't think it gets you past the Dodgers. The Dodgers I got to tell you, next. the National League still runs through Atlanta. I don't see <laughs> how, how... Come on. No. Don't, <laughs> don't even start with me. Don't Come even on. start with me. Come on. Don't that start do- with me that at 1045 Dodgers, at night. That, that Dodgers... We'll see when the season plays out, but that Dodgers lineup is insane. I mean, and, and the Braves is not just as equally as insane. I, 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 I think the Dodgers is better. I think it's way better. I don't know. I just think it's just, just wait for. I mean, next year Otani can't pitch, but then when Otani can pitch, I mean, it's just I don't know that Dodgers team. I, I mean, oh my, just. I don't know. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, um, Smith and catcher. Um, oh my God. Gavin Lux is back. Oh, just that team. I don't know. They hit on every single prospect. It's just, I don't know. Something tells me that I think the Dodgers are going to win the national league. I don't know. Um, going back more local with the Dallas based teams. I think the uh, Rangers are still in play for uh, Jordan Montgomery and Josh Hader. Um, There'll be some good pickups for the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, I think those would be great additions, and that would just kind of help them propel them to another World Series run. 
I, I think, honestly, when you look at the American League, too, I think the Rangers, I mean, they spent money last year. I think the Rangers actually um, could make another run at the World Series. I don't know if they're going to beat a team like Atlanta or L.A., though. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, like like I said, though, Atlanta could fall flat. I mean, that's the thing, though, with both the Braves and the Dodgers is they have great rosters, but they tend to fall flat early. And if those teams don't fall flat, if they do fall flat, you know, a team like the Rangers could come in and win the World Series again. It'd be great. Dallas yep. wins, you know, if Dallas wins another one, that was great to see this year. Congratulations to the Rangers, world champions. Um, that pretty much wraps up our show. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, West Ham United. Um, they did beat Arsenal this week. Um, they beat Arsenal 2 nothing. Um, so congratulations to them. I want to give a shout out. I love West Ham United. I love the West Ham community. Um, so shout out to them. Um, and, uh, you know, poor Declan Rice, former captain, leaves West Ham, goes to Arsenal, then loses um, in his first game back against them. So, congratulations to West Ham. Um, like I said, that pretty much concludes everything. We've covered almost everything. Um, you know, um, yeah, NBA still going. Guys. I mean, yeah, NBA season for us really starts after the Super Bowl. So, um, we'll cover some of that. I'll get into some Mavs with Kyrie Irving at some point, and I'm sure yep. you're going to get into the Hawks at some point. So, um Thank you guys for listening. You got any closing remarks, Nick? Um, Fire Arthur Smith is my <laughs> closing remark. Sick of him. And uh, my closing remark is, is uh, Dallas can never close for me. Uh, <laughs> they blew, they blew that four, two lead. It's now four, four in overtime. Um, there you go. So um, that's just how it goes. That's just what happens with me and um, Dallas sports. So anyway, have everyone have a great, um, have a great weekend. We'll be back hopefully next week. Um, we've been trying for Thursdays, so hopefully we're back. Have a good one, everyone. See ya.